Hello, my name is Andrew Gary, and welcome to Seismic Sound Off in-depth conversations in applied geophysics. In this episode, Olga Nedarub and Diana Seneva preview Image 2022 in the upcoming panel, Changing the Dynamics of Energy Use. Olga starts with a brief overview of the technical program at Image and how Diana reached out to her to host this panel. Next, Diana explains how energy efficiency is the glue to the current energy transition, the difference between energy conservation and energy efficiency, and why attendees of Image should attend this panel. Diana also highlights why 40% of the current energy is wasted, why this estimate is low, and how to improve this number without sacrificing comfort or the bottom line. For the full show notes, bios, and links to register for Image, visit seg.org slash podcast. This episode is sponsored by Catalyst Data Management. Catalyst Data Management provides the only integrated end-to-end subsurface data management solution for the oil and gas industry. Over 160 employees operate in North America, Europe, and Asia-Pacific, dedicated to enabling digital transformation and optimizing the value of geotechnical information for exploration, production, and M&A activity. Visit CatalystDM.com to learn more and schedule a demo. That's Catalyst with a K, DM.com. And now my conversation with Diana and Olga. So at Image this year, at, at SEG's Image and AAPG, there is going to be a path this year of energy efficiency, talking about energy efficiency. And that's why we're here today to talk about an upcoming panel there. Olga, how is this kind of a new direction for Image to take to really put a spotlight on energy efficiency in the oil and gas industry? Yeah, thank you, um, Andrew, for question. So yeah, this year, Image uh, 22 is the third multi-society in-person meeting between SEG and APG and uh, ACPM. So this is a really true blend of geology and geophysics and all applications that they serve. And energy, of course, is one of the key components, as well as near surface, medical space, and all the other emerging topics. Image 22 is definitely actively embracing the broader energy subjects, because this is one of the very best new growth opportunities for both workers and the societies. So oil and gas industry is at the core of applications for geophysics and science today. It really propelled the technology over the last 90 plus years, and those advancements are now being applied to the emerging subjects, energy transition and uses and new sources. So energy transition and sustainable future is really not possible without hydrocarbons and balanced approach to development and policy. And I really encourage uh, listeners to attend the opening session where guest speakers, and one of them is Scott Tinker, they will have a really lively debate on energy transition and all the pros and cons of the process. But this year, we're really excited to have over 18 emerging panels with a focus on energy transition. Most of them are. For example, energy integration and sustainability talks will dive into energy efficiency, young professionals' role in advancing sustainability and progress for our geoscience sustainability atlas. We will have a number of sessions on uh, CCUS, carbon capture, utilization, and storage. 
as well as the technology and innovation will be on display uh, in panels on technology commercialization and the role that they play in the energy transition. We're also very excited to have a new twist. Uh, so this year we'll have a strategic panels that will have a C-suite executives share their um, organization strategies and business perspectives that will reinforce the latest innovation on what companies are doing towards sustainable development in oil and gas, digital transformation, uh, low-carbon solutions, uh, energy transition, sustainability, and, and all that. And we're actually really excited to have Diana um, reach out to us because her topic is uh, really something that we never covered before. So changing dynamics of energy use uh, would be the name of Diana's panel. And energy efficiency, as I mentioned, is a really new subject to us. And we never specifically covered it before. Yeah, that's pretty amazing, Diana, that you did that. <laughs> uh, I, I love that you took the initiative there. And Image is very soon. It's August 28th. And Olga gave a, a great preview about what to expect on the technical side. And it's in the leading edge for this month in July to to see a preview. So it's coming up very soon. But Diana, let's let's turn the attention to you in this technical panel called again, as Olga said, changing the dynamics of energy use. Why is energy efficiency a priority right now in this current environment of high oil prices? Thank you, Andrew, for uh, for question and thank you, Olga, very much for the introduction. First of all, I wanted to recognize the image administration for this forward thinking. You know, I frankly, when I wrote that email, I thought it will go nowhere, but I got response immediately. And uh, it was a lot of interest on, uh, on the conference side. And since then, I can say that I had all the support I needed from Olga and from the rest of administration with any question, with, with anything I needed. It was a great journey. Going back to your question, why energy efficiency? So I think the answer is very simple. What, stands, what energy efficiency stands for is um, using less energy to perform the same task or more, right? If we look at that content, we can have different goals for employing energy efficiency. It can be reducing the amount of energy we use today, it can be using the same amount of energy, but doing new and more things, or it can be simply to reducing our energy bill. So if we talk about the current environment where oil price is so high and overall energy uh, price is high, then if we can simply employ energy efficiency practices and reuse our energy bill for a household is a great benefit. For industries that are uh, biggest consumer of uh, electricity, that is huge advantage. So regardless what our goals are of employing energy efficiency, we are winning on all accounts. We are winning because we can use less energy and with that we can have um, less CO2 emissions. We can use the same amount of energy but do much more which would support uh, this environment where uh, energy demand is rising, or we can simply reduce the uh, energy bill, which is beneficial for absolutely everybody. Diana, would you say that, it, that the industry is generally accepting that the industry as a whole, where we are at, is in this energy transition to more efficient 
more efficiency needs as, you know, as well as that common idea of getting to net zero emissions? Thank you, Andrew. That, that is a very important question. And I think depending how you frame the question, it can be very polemic or, or very straightforward. So we can talk a lot about the reasons behind the energy transition, whether those reasons are good enough. Uh, for example, we can debate on account of man-made climate change or what exact proportion of the current climate alterations are provoked by industrial revolution and its aftermath, rather than natural geological alteration of ice ages and greenhouse cycles. But whatever the reasons are, today, the energy transition is happening. It, it actually doesn't matter whether we like it or not, it is happening. So what I would encourage everybody to get on this train, learn about the advantages it can bring to us as individuals or as business owners, and um, how we can benefit from available tools and programs for energy efficiency. Yeah, I just wanted to add to Diana's comment on, you know, doesn't matter how you look at uh, the issue of energy transition, there is really practical need for energy efficiency. I don't know if you have seen uh, the ERCOT energy conservation appeal that was released yesterday in Texas from 2 to LPM, just because of the really high heat and uh, the infrastructure is really having a hard time handling it, right? So basically just uh, energy efficiency and conservation of energy is really beneficial from just really um, the infrastructure perspective. Yeah, I think one of the things that really shocked me in looking over the information for this panel, you know, Diana, you share the 40% of the current energy produced is simply wasted, which I would imagine, as Olga saying, could dramatically impact infrastructure. How how do you get to this number of 40% and how is it possible that it really is this high? Oh, Andrew, actually, I can uh, disappoint you even further. Uh, 40% is a um, is very conservative estimation. There are some sources that push it towards 60%. But the 40%, I also wanted to stress out that the 40% we are talking about is uh, the energy that is already generated. If we, for example, uh, talk about electricity, after we create all the electricity from whatever sources they are coming, out of that electricity that we create, we waste 40% through the ways we are using it. So uh, the actual number is much more dramatic because, you know, the natural uh, conversion that is happening from one type of energy to another it is never efficient. We are losing in that conversion, depending on what we are converting from, up to 60% already. But from after we did all that thing, after we generated the, uh, the electricity, through the way we are using it, we lose or waste around 40%. So the number is dramatic, right? And, uh, and if we talk about energy efficiency, this is uh, like a low-hanging fruit because through some deliberate practice, change our behavior, maintenance of the equipment, especially if we talk about industrial equipment, if we make sure the, uh, all the installations are right, you know, there are no losses at the cables or within the installations, only that can bring us about 25 to 30% already. So it's really low-hanging fruit 
that doesn't require massive uh, investment. Yes, there is always some investment required to have a people to monitor, to check, to control, uh, to do kind of uh, energy efficiency audit at your locations. But in most cases, it is relatively cheap to save about 30% of current energy used at the location. Why is leading with energy efficiency possibly the better path than, let's say, increasing the use of renewables to replace the current fossil fuel use? This is a great question. So I see uh, energy efficiency as this glue, and I explain why. So on one side, we have energy demands that are rising, and they are rising because we have new technologies coming. Let's just think about all this blockchain technology that requires so much uh, electricity to run. We are slowly but achieving energy democratization, meaning that more and more people will have access to electricity in the places they didn't have before. Uh, and many other reasons uh, through our industrial evolution and how we are using artificial intelligence, machine learning, all that require more and more energy. That is inevitable and energy demand will rise. On the other side, we have the account of, uh, of goals and objectives that are set by uh, Paris Convention where we want to reduce or substitute up to 40% of uh, energy that currently is fossil sources. We want to substitute them by renewable sources by 2030. So let's think about how it is practically possible. First of all, we want to use less fossil energy and bring up new technologies, new technologies that are advancing rapidly, but they are still not that efficient. So that is happening on one side. And on the other side, the energy demand is raising. So how, how it is possible to achieve? So for me, the only way we can actually do that and we can do that sustainably is if we better use the energy that we have today. So if, if we manage, so think about in, in a big gross numbers, if we manage to reduce the amount of energy we use today by 40%, there will be less energy to replace by renewable sources, right? And then tomorrow, when the energy demand is higher, then we can employ both sources, uh, fossil and renewable, because they are getting more accessible, they are getting better, they are getting efficient every day. It will still work. Energy efficiency will be still this glue that allow us to replace 40% and get to our goal and rise the energy demand that is necessary to sustain the world. Is there a difference between energy conservation and energy efficiency? Oh, well, absolutely. And, uh, and thank you for asking that, because I think when we talk about energy efficiency, people always perceive it as, a, as an invasion, you know, invasion to our status quo or invasion to our way of uh, life. So let's, let's set it straight. Energy conservation means that I will use less energy and I will compromise my comfort or my uh, output if I'm a business. For example, several years ago, there was a call in Europe to adjust their thermostat. And instead of in the offices, instead of having uh, the, I don't remember the numbers, but maybe let's say 20 degrees, they can push it to towards 21 degrees during the summertime 
in a winter, instead of having it at 20 degrees, push it towards 19. And that one degree change, it was uh, amounting through important amount of energy. That means conservation. So I will probably be uh, feel a little bit warmer than I want to because it was before 20 degrees and now it's 21. But I can still live with it because I'm uh, contributing to uh, energy goals, right? That's mean conservation. Energy efficiency means doing same with less. So if I employ energy efficiency practices right, I can still have the, uh, the temperature as I like it to be, but I will use less electricity to do that. That's very succinct. I, I like the way you put that. It's almost like being uh, uncomfortable versus being comfortable. Yes. You know, in general, what are some of the current and even possible incentives to help this energy transition to renewable sources and this greater sense of energy efficiency so we can set the thermostat where we would like? So let's think about uh, today we use energy in four different sectors, and uh, those would be uh, transportation, commercial, industry, and residential. Let's put trans- uh, transportation aside because um, that is a little bit more straightforward. We have um, gas or we have uh, oil-based product, either or electric cars today, but let's set it aside. If we talk about commercial, residential, and industry, basically we will be talking about the electricity use as it is, right? And um, with the energy transition that is happening, what we want to happen eventually is to replace the fossil sources or some part of those fossil sources with the renewable sources and generate electricity from more renewable sources every day, right? So if you think about the big picture, for somebody who is producing electricity for utilities or for, for agreed companies, at some point, they need to stop using fossil or reduce the amount of fossil energy they are using and employ alternative sources, which could be wind, they could be solar, it can be geothermal, it can be biomass or hydropower, or maybe in the future we can get even hydrogen integrated into that grid. So on the utility side, that is a big investment that needs to be happening, right? Because they, they have one way of using it, and all of a sudden they need to continue providing us with electricity and on the, uh, on the backside, create some other sources to, to start substituting the fossil energy. So that's an enormous investment for utilities. If you want to do that in your home, for example, and put solar panels, again, that is a big upfront investment that you, you need to put up. So basically, all incentives that can happen or will be efficient, they can be directing to help this uh, initial investment. So it can be loans, it can be tax incentive, it can be some rebates for uh, qualified purchases. So this, this kind of incentives, they are critical to actually realize this transition. But it's even more critical for industries. Because their use of electricity is enormous. Industry amounts about 40% of all electricity used today in the world. Therefore, either it's through tax incentives or through loans. Without these incentives, it is, it is almost impossible to realize this transition, in my opinion. 
Well, let's jump in uh, for these last couple questions back to the panel that will be at Image. Again, that's called Changing the Dynamics of Energy Use. What are the various points of view that will be represented on the panel? Andrea, I'm very excited about this panel because uh, as we talked in the beginning, this was just a, a cry for me, you know, to bring energy efficiency to big conferences. But as it evolved, I think it will be an incredible panel because we have a representative from renewable energy industries, uh, consulting industries, government. And I think we can get the very good understanding of how different industries perceive the energy efficiency, what they think is important, and how they think they can carry on their business by employing energy efficiency. So I'm actually very excited because I think this will be very uh, round, round up view on energy efficiency, its importance, not only for oil and gas, but how other industries also perceive it in this environment. So at Image, there's a, a lot of things vying for people's attention and, and time. Why should attendees of Image make the time to attend this panel? <laughs> that is a very good question, Andrew. See, I would say we are talking about energy, energy transition uh, a lot these days. It is almost there is no topic that, when, that, that goes without mentioning energy transition or offering some opinion. Because traditionally, uh, image conference is based on our, our traditional way of doing or, or generating electricity, which is mainly fossil, there is a lot to do with how we are going to replace some amount of this fossil energy by renewable sources. And I think people naturally, whether they support it or not, I think this conference is always attended by, by the cream of our industry. There are a lot of intelligent people, good representation of companies. And whether you agree or not, you want to understand what is happening and why it is happening. And maybe here alternative uh, ideas and solutions. So this panel, because it is represented by such a diverse body of industries, it, it should be interesting for people to hear different opinions and, uh, and understand why different industries are embracing the energy efficiencies and actually what can they also do, not only to help the planet, but also for their own benefit as a business owners, as an individuals. Well, this panel is going to be a great opportunity to learn more about this topic and hear from a wide ranging set of views, as well as this short course that will be coming out later in, in 2022. So, Diana and guy appreciate your time and, and for sharing your enthusiasm and passion about this topic and look forward to seeing what comes of the event at Image and, and who knows what may come of it next. Thank you so much, Andrew. And thank you. Thank you, Olga, for, for this opportunity. I'm very happy we can uh, we can talk about energy efficiency and advertise it. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you, Andrew, for definitely hosting a wonderful series of podcasts. Uh, we're really excited that we have this avenue to showcase these topics and bring this to the, to the listeners. So appreciate that. SEG produces Seismic Sound Off to benefit its members, the scientific community, and inform the public on the value of geophysics. To show your support for this show, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Simply go to Seismic Sound Off on Apple Podcasts and Spotify on your phone. 
It takes less than five seconds to leave a five-star rating and is the number one action you can take to show your appreciation for this free resource. And follow the podcast while you are on the app to be notified when each new episode releases. Original music created by Zach Bridges. This episode was hosted, edited, and produced by me, Andrew Gary at 51 Features. The SEG Podcast team is Jennifer Cobb, Kathy Gamble, and Ali McGinnis. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off.